الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين استفى ما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين امنوا اشد حبا لله سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم the one who prays he slips hard yes the one who believes he slips hard yes because he again made this mistake that in his or her heart they got some feeling some unlawful feeling so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in quran zaufa talib wal matloob now this actually is a verse that was originally revealed by allah ta'ala in quran from mushrikeen that they used to worship idols and they were longing for the help of idols so allah ta'ala told them that that which you seek your matloob which you seek who you call upon that is weak and you are weak for calling upon them but as the ulama of tafsir taught us that there is no verse of quran that is only for that time because allah ta'ala put in his quran his eternal universal book so it was addressed initially to those mushrikeen of makkah mukarramah but it has a meaning for all of us that any time in your heart you have talab longing and yearning for anything other than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which you seek that's obviously false but first allah ta'ala says zauf talib you become false first the talib the seeker is false then the matloob is mentioned as being false and what happens to us is that we betray our iman we become fake we become false hmm? we become two-faced we become two-hearted same person he looks like sunnah same person he prays according to sunnah hmm? same person the whole world his neighbors friends colleagues classmates everybody says he's muslim but the person turned out to be fake hmm? and it begins right here the rot starts from the heart that a fake desire false feeling they became untrue so when a person does this allah taala makes them crash crash hmm? before you know it within 24 hours they're going to miss some salah they're going to go on internet look at something they shouldn't have seen they're going to say some foul word within 24 hours big crash big crash all of this was because they couldn't keep control over their heart so allah taala wanted to protect us from this so he said ya ayyuhalladhina amanu amilu <laughs> o you who have alhamdulillah believed with your mind now make sure you and you have 100% belief in your mind right that was 100% there's no way anybody would say that any of you now the billah taala protect all of our iman there's no way anyone of you would say you know sometimes i feel like worshiping fire you will never write me that email that dear sheikh i can't control myself sometimes i feel like worshiping fire you cannot write that <laughs> dear sheikh sometimes i see a tree and i feel like doing a sajda to it nobody can write that to me right Dear Sheikh, sometimes I go to museum and I see a statue and I think maybe that's God. La hawla wa la quwwata illa Alhamdulillah. 
You can never think like that. It's 100%. Alhamdulillah, 100% you cleared your mind once and for all, forever. That there's only one ma'bud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and there's only one Nabi of my heart and life, Sayyidina Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah ta'ala is saying, just like you did that, so perfectly, so completely, so deeply, you have to do this also. Just like you cleared your mind, and you have 100% correct belief, now you have to clean your heart, and have 100% correct feeling. And until and unless you do that, you will keep slipping, and you will keep falling. And we don't realize because what we do, we look in the mirror, we see our mind. We think, no, I am Muslim. I am a believer. We slip and we fall and we slide. <laughs> we think, no, I'm just fine. <laughs> and then we actually try to live a life of iman plus sin. Iman plus lust. Iman plus anger. This is not the mission. This is not the mission. They're saying, no, 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 no. Iman plus iman. Ya ayyuhalladhina amunu aminu. This is the equation. It's that second step. Now, a lot of people still need help in the first step. That's another effort of deen. But all of you who are here, you've done that first step. You have the first step of iman. Now we need to move to the second step. And this type of being two-faced, it's also called nifaq. In our deen, nifaq means hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Now, originally again, the munafiqeen were who? So the first original munafiqeen, there were some in Makkah Mukarramah, but then many came in Medina Munawwarah. There was a whole group of them. In Makkah, there were individuals. In Medina Munawwarah, you can say they were like a jama'ah. There was a whole group. Munafiqun. Allah Akbar. <laughs> Just like Allah Ta'ala conceals my and your nifaq, <laughs> that we are also untrue, just like that, Allah Ta'ala concealed them. Even Sahaba Kram did not know who they were. Allah Akbar. And this wasn't some huge community with millions of people. It was a community of thousands. Allah Ta'ala sending verses periodically about Munafikun. So all Sahaba know they exist. And they're right here amongst us. And they're in Masjid Nabi. And they're praying in the same rows as us. Allah Akbar. But Allah Ta'ala concealed, because He's As-Sattar, Allah Ta'ala said a veil, concealed them. So this is one way that Allah Ta'ala deals with the munafiq. But it comes at a cost. What's going to happen? So Allah Ta'ala says in that the munafiqun, they're in what's called darki asfal. They're in the lowest pits and the lowest abyss of Jahannam. It means that all veils will be lifted on the Day of Judgment. All veils will be lifted on the Day of Judgment. So then our Mashaikh, when they saw this, said, okay, if this is true about those who are monophic here, and their mental aqidah and their real belief means they pretended to believe, but they didn't really believe. Hmm? So then they saw, what if Allah Ta'ala does the same thing to those of us who are monophic in our heart? Outwardly we look like sunnah, but actually we lie. Outwardly we come to masjid, but actually we cheat. Actually we betray our wife. Hmm? We may not make sajda to any statue or any tree or to any fire, 
but our heart makes sajda to the beauty of Gairmaram. That's the level it is. That's what you should think. You shouldn't think my eye looks. You should think my heart is making sajda to her. That's what I'm doing. Because as you say, it's irresistible. I can't control myself. I'm stuck. I'm addicted. I'm hooked. I'm attracted. Same thing. You will become weak. Yes, what you seek, that's a weak, fake, false beauty. But you are weak for wanting that. <laughs> you are weak. So this is a type of nifaq. Now just imagine then if Allah Ta'ala, just like He's concealing our nifaq, like He concealed their nifaq, what if on the day of judgment Allah Ta'ala exposes our nifaq like He's going to expose their nifaq? So people will be stunned. They look at that fellow. Hmm? So he used to come make dawah on me. And look at the things that are coming out in his book of deeds. <laughs> look at that. Ya Allah. Hmm? He used to come make dawah on me. And he actually was looking at my sister. Huh? He actually used to wonder about my wife. Hmm? Allah, this is the level of depravity we've reached. Allah hmm? Akbar. You'd be amazed the type of things people write me. Even the woman in niqab is not saved from these people who have this shirk in their heart. They're thinking in their mind, hypothesizing, fantasizing, dreaming. So much shirk in the heart. Hmm? The ulama, they use this term shirk, they call it shirk khafi. That this is a hidden shirk. <laughs> heart is doing sajda to something. A forehead only does sajda to Allah Ta'ala. But the heart is doing all types of other sajdas. Crashing. Allah saying in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu aminu. Stop. Stop being untrue. Align your heart with this mind. As perfectly as you believe with your mind, be that perfect in your heart. So that's an effort to get this perfect belief in mind. That's an effort called aqidah, ilm, deen. And to get this perfect iman in our heart, that is called tazkiyah. That means we have to purify our heart from all of the impurities. Impure desire, impure thought, impure action, impure feeling, impure statement. So that the heart becomes true. That's what Allah tells us That on that day, which means day of judgment, that we must be ready for that day, prepare for that day, لا ينفعوا مال None of your wealth and property and possessions will be of any benefit to you. That's so strange. <laughs> because out there in this world, this is what we're taught. Success, progress, achievement, how much you earn, how much you make, what you drive, where you live. We are taught that this is the standard of assessment. <laughs> Just three words, Allah Ta'ala makes it so clear. Allah Ta'ala... Arabic is crystal clear, but Allah Ta'ala speaks kalamullah clearly. La yanfa umal. Finished. Wala <laughs> banun. It literally means your sons, it means your children, your worldly relations. Who you know, who your friends are, in terms of a worldly sense. That you're a very accomplished social circle, you're friends with very powerful, influential people. No. No benefit to you at all. 
The only person who will be saved on that day, the only person who will be blessed by Allah Ta'ala and accepted by Allah Ta'ala on that day, is the one who brings to Allah Ta'ala a pure heart. A heart that only did sadda to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's how you have to understand. We keep telling you this, this concept of sadda. You must understand this. It's not enough just for the forehead to do sadda. The whole being, eyes and heart and soul and ruh has to do only sadda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's called la ilaha illallah. That's real tawheed. Our mashayikh, they used to explain in Urdu, well, just if I say something in Urdu, because we have lots of friends here who do know Urdu, but I will translate in English for the few of you who don't. Hmm. کہ توحید کا یہ فقط یہ معنی نہیں ہے کہ اللہ تعالیٰ کو ایک ماننا توحید کا معنی یہ ہے کہ اپنے زندگی کو ایسے جینا کہ ایک اللہ میرے اوپر ہے توحید doesn't just mean to believe that Allah is one توحید means to live your life as if one Allah تعالیٰ is governing you that you have one one is that Allah is one and one is Allah is my one and only it's the difference. <laughs> when is I believe that Allah Ta'ala exists, I believe He is unique, I believe He is the one. But the second is that I live my entire life in such a way that Allah Ta'ala is my one and only. That's it. <laughs> I'm not interested in anything else now. I couldn't be interested in dunya, I couldn't be interested in beauty because Allah Ta'ala is my one and only. <laughs> and the other option is that no, I believe that Allah Ta'ala is one. And I believe Allah Ta'ala is mine also. Mine also, but not mine only. <coughs> Allah Ta'ala is mine, I make sadda, I pray salah, but I have my certain habits also, I have my certain pleasures also, I have my certain indulgences also. Hmm? And then sometimes people even talk like that. They say, you know, this is just the way I am. They, I love Akbar. <laughs> the actually, you know, and this is not that they did once and once. They come to us after years of sinning, years. Now after doing this for years, you think they would be in tears. Now after doing this for years, they give themselves this pass, clean pass. But that's just how I am. I can't fix myself. I can't change myself. No, Akbar. <laughs> what happened to Deen? <laughs> what happened to power of Quran al-Kareem? What happened to the power of du'as of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam? What happened to the power of Allah Ta'ala to change you? The power of Allah Ta'ala to fix you? Why weren't you thinking like that? Hmm? You should say, this is who I am, but I've decided to make Allah Ta'ala the one and only of my life. And I know that Allah is the only one who can change me. And because I've become His, He is going to change me. Hmm? So simple. <laughs> That's what Sahab Ikram, they understood. You see, they change so much. Some of them, if you look at their histories, biographies, they change so much. That's how we say it. Actually, Allah Ta'ala changes them so much. They didn't change so much. They changed one thing in their life. They only change one thing. <laughs> and they change this one thing, is that they believed in Allah Ta'ala here. <laughs> they made Allah Ta'ala the be-all, end-all of their life. They changed one thing in their life. One thing. When they change that one thing, Allah Ta'ala changed everything about them. Everything. That's the same thing that me and you have to do. It's not that they did more effort. They did more effort obviously than us. That's because we're lazy. 
But it's not that they had some other type of deen, some more powerful deen, better deen, it can fix you better. No, no, it's the same deen. Everything is the same. 100% exactly the same deen today. That's the miracle of Islam. There's no other religion that could have ever said that in the entire history of the world. No religion could say that that we're exactly the same deen as it was when the Prophet brought it. When their, the, whatever the Prophet, whichever Prophet it was. Deen of Islam is a miracle. Same deen, same power, same potency. With just different carrier. That's it. <laughs> different carrier. Is the model, our model has changed. And this is what's changed about us. Same salah, same sunnah, same sujood, same recitation of Quran. All those things you will see are the same. Same zakat, same hajj, same umrah, same ramadan. What's different? Hmm? It's us, it's the heart. It's the heart is changed. Heart is changed. And you know when this happens to a person, when they slip and fall and they have this hypocrisy, it's unhappy. It's unhappy. And the more pious they are, the more sad they will get. The more they love Allah Ta'ala, the more depressed they will get. Then sometimes they fall so low. <coughs> so low. They say, days went by. I couldn't pray. Even we've had cases like that. Yeah, it's not just missing Fajr. They're missing all five prayers. All of them. Allahu Akbar. Haji. All of them. The same person who you look in their history, they used to pray all of them. Now they're missing all of them. And it hurts them. It's hurting them. Deep inside it's hurting them. But they still can't get out. You can't get out until you take that thing out of your heart. If it's ghair mahram, take it out of your heart. If it's money, take it out of your heart. Until you get it out of your heart, you won't be able to get back up. You won't be able to get back up. You will keep crying. They even cry. If you don't take it out of your heart, even the crying won't fix you. There's only one way, and that is to fix the heart. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, قَدْ أَفْلَهَ مَنْ ذَكَّهَ Successful is that person who does tazkiyah of their self. What does it mean? They purify their heart and then they control their nafs. It's the only way. There is no other way. It's the only way. Any other lifestyle will end up with the person being that hypocrite. And the better you are, the more it will hurt. The better you are, the more you will fall. That's why they say in English that the higher they are, the harder they fall. It's true in Dinos. It's true in Dinos. al al keep us in his ifazah. Because the higher you are in Deen, then it becomes more untrue. It becomes more nifaq. So if a person is hafiz and they sin, the harder they fall. If they're hafiz and alim and they sin, the harder they fall. If they're shaykh and they sin, the harder they fall. If they're imam, they sin, the harder they fall. If they're da'i, they talk to others about Allah Ta'ala and they sin, the harder they fall. Now they fall hard, but it's another thing. Allah Ta'ala is more satar with them. Yes, nobody will know. 
Nobody will know about the Alam Sheikh Dai. No one will know. They will know. That hurts them also. That also hurts them even more. That also makes them sad. They feel this also. That nobody else knows. <laughs> Only I know. Yes, those sins that are only between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will hurt you more. Those sins that other people know, yes, they will hurt you, but you may think, okay, maybe this is part of my punishment. Maybe Allah is punishing me in this world, that so-and-so got angry at me, so-and-so scolded me. I faced the punishment in this world, I sinned, so maybe I'm losing business, losing money. But that sin that you can tell, Number one, that only Allah Ta'ala knows and nobody else knows. And number two, no punishment seems to be happening in this world. That sin should scare you. That sin should really scare you. Because that's exactly what Allah Ta'ala did to the munafikun. Real, original munafikun. That nobody knew and there was no punishment on them in this world. In the lifetime of Sayyidina Rasulullah no punishment on them. So we don't want to resemble that. We don't want to become like that. That they're sinning so secretly that even other Sahaba don't know. Hmm? We are also sinning so secretly hmm? that family doesn't know, spouse doesn't know, neighbor doesn't know, person who I pray next to doesn't know. Hmm? And they pulled it off. Hmm? And sometimes me and you, we also pull it off. <laughs> We pull this in off and nothing happens. No, and no dunyavi, worldly punishment. This should make us very scared. You have to let yourself be scared. Don't be afraid of the fear. You have to embrace this fear. <coughs> this fear will lift you up. Because this is called fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah ta'ala said in the Quran, لا تقشوهم that don't you fear them means don't fear anything else. You fear me. You need to embrace that fear. And you need to direct that fear towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you are afraid of Allah. Don't run away from the fear. It's, it's coming to save you. <laughs> People, they don't realize. When they slip and they fall, they, they get, they, and they feel the fear of Allah ta'ala, they get scared of that fear. So when they get scared, they run away, they escape. Maybe they escape to smoking, drugs, maybe they escape to TV, music, maybe they escape to novels, magazines, maybe they escape to surfing internet, maybe they escape to hang out with friends, they try to escape. They try to run away from that. No, 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 no. You should welcome that fear. You should embrace that fear. You have to ride on that fear. Then you have some hope. Then you have hope. Fear of Allah Ta'ala is a good thing. Every other fear is pointless. Every other fear is pointless. So whether it's fear of being exposed on the Day of Judgment, whether it's fear of being punished by Allah Ta'ala, which is a very real punishment, we must also be very clear on this. If we show up on the Day of Judgment with some sin, that we did not make true Tawbah for that sin in this world, we should expect to be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, there's a chance that Allah ta'ala, out of His infinite mercy, that's the will and wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He forgives whomsoever He wants. May yasha, that's Allah ta'ala's choice. 
We don't know if we are going to be in that choice or not. So our expectation should be precisely this, that if we show up on that day of judgment with some sin that we didn't make Tawbah from, we will be punished. And to make yourself fear, you should feel that I will be punished and I will be punished severely because I knew and I knew better and I should have known better. There will be so many others who will bring that same sin of lust on the Day of Judgment. But you should feel that I will be punished the most severely by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that unlawful lust because I knew better. You should feel the fear. You should increase the fear. You should maximize that fear. That's how you should feel. And you will see that happens in this world. You will always say that you to tell the person what's the matter with you. You knew. You talk like that to people. You say, okay, look, I would understand if you didn't know. Then you talk to another way you talk to people. That didn't I tell you? That's another way we talk to people. Now somebody says, okay, I didn't tell you. Okay. But if you told the person and you kept telling the person so the, and they still don't listen, so this is how you talk to them. So can you imagine Allah Ta'ala saying that to us on the Day of Judgment? It's that simple. Didn't I tell you? Allahu Akbar. Then, <laughs> there's no answer to that question. Hmm? Didn't I tell you? La taqrabu zina. Didn't I tell you? Allahu hmm? Akbar. Hmm? What are we going to say? Ya Allah, what could I do? I was living in England. Huh? You're going to represent England? Hmm? At that moment, huh? Lord, what? That's not going to help. <laughs> hmm? So you should think about these verses. You should imagine that day. You know, the early Muslims sometimes just to increase the fear, they would just sit and just imagine that day of judgment. They would just imagine standing in front of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alone, furada. Allah says he's going to call us singly, single file, one by one. One by one so that Allah Ta'ala goes one on one with us. Allah Ta'ala will call humans one by one and then Allah Ta'ala will go one on one with them. Hmm? You should be afraid. <laughs> we need to be afraid. <laughs> is this fear brings the iman from up here, down here, into our heart. And believe me, when you feel the fear, you won't. You won't be able to desire anything else. You won't desire it. You won't be interested in it. <laughs> you won't be inclined towards it. Or when you feel the fear, you won't even be aware of it anymore. <laughs> yes, that's how strong and potent this feeling of fear is. You will become unaware. Unaware entirely. Unaware. And until you feel the fear, you will be aware. When you're aware, you'll be interested. When you're aware and interested, you will be attracted. When you're aware and interested and attracted, you will fall. You will fall. One solution to this is that you must keep yourself busy. You must keep yourself busy. And two things. You must keep yourself busy in dunya, the good things in dunya. And you must keep yourself busy in deen. 
So it depends on every person. There are some of you who are not yet strong enough, are not yet passionate enough about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you can spend hours and hours every day in ibadah. You can't do that. So you may say, I have six hours free time every day. I have three hours free time every day. But you can't spend 100% of that in deen. You're not strong enough yet. Okay, no problem. However much you can spend of your free time on deen, you spend it. The rest of the time is very important. It's maybe even more important for the beginner. Is that the rest of the time, because you're not giving that free time to deen, you're giving that free time to dunya, you must make sure you give it to the halal in the dunya. Rabbana atana fi dunya hasana. You have to give it to the hasanat in the dunya. Our mistake isn't the type of people who come to masjid. Alhamdulillah, you do spend some time in deen. Maybe you read a bit of Quran, maybe you come to bayan sometimes, maybe you give da'wah sometimes, you're doing that. The problem is that when you're not able to give time to deen and you're giving time to dunya, you give it to sinful dunya. You do sins in dunya. This is, you have to fix your dunya. Once you fix your dunya, then whatever time you're giving to deen will have an effect on you. It will change you. It will benefit you. And until you do that, you will again be two-faced. So yes, the person comes to Bayan, they're still sinning. They give da'wah, still sinning. They recite Quran sometimes, still sinning. They make du'a, still sinning. They didn't fix their dunya. <laughs> they didn't fix their dunya. In fact, our Mashaikh used to teach us that in the beginning you have to put more effort on this. If you can leave sin in dunya, it's even better than doing something extra in deen. So the example they would give is that the extras, I'm not talking about faraid, not talking about farid, extra. So the extras in deen is like itr, is like itr. And sin is like garbage. Now if you are standing inside the garbage dump, the rubbish heap, then you can put so much itra on yourself, it won't make a difference. <laughs> because you're surrounded by garbage and waste. However, if you can get yourself out of the garbage dump, if you can remove yourself from the waste, then you just put one or two drops of itar, you're fragrant. You're fragrant. There's another example, is that if you take a diamond, and you put it in the gutter, in the sewer, Right? Now all the dirty water is passing over it. Now if you take some clean water and drop one bottle, it will keep the diamond safe for maybe five seconds. As soon as you stop, listen carefully, as soon as you stop pouring the clean water, because the diamond is still in the gutter, in the sewer, all the dirty water will just come again. So some of us are like that. Our life, the dunya part of our life is like a sewer, is like a gutter. And yes, when we come to masjid, we're pouring the clean water. When we're spending time with ulama, mashag, jamaat, etc., we're pouring the clean water. But the second we stop, the second we come back home from that trip, the second we leave company of shaykh, the second we're outside of that Islamic class, the second we stop pouring the clean water, because our life is a mess, all the dirty water comes back again. You go right back. <laughs> But if you take the diamond out of the gutter, 
Once it's out, you don't even need a whole bottle of water. You just pour a little bit of water and it's fine and it stays fine because you took it out of the gutter. So you have to fix your dunya in order to benefit from your deen. The first thing to fix about dunya is to leave all sins entirely. Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran that leave all the sins that you do outwardly, that you do inwardly. Stop doing sin, stop wanting sin. And this is exactly you will see what makes us fall. The second you do sin, the more you are on deen, the quicker it will happen. The instant you do sin, you will fall flat. You'll fall flat. You work so hard, you spend one, two months to work on yourself in such a way that you could actually remember Allah Ta'ala inside your salah. You make one sinful gaze, you will fall right back flat where you were. You will just go through the motions. You will still pray, but you'll be just going through the motions. Ibn Jozi Ram Ibn Jozi Ram was one of the great what we call critics of hadith narrators, and he was known actually, Ibn Jazir, to be very extra strict. And he would call mutashaddid, he was a bit too severe in his critiques. Hmm? So when he tells a story, now he's telling a story now, not a hadith, but when you have a person like that who is so strict on his gradings of hadith that even majority of hadith scholars felt he was too strict, so if he tells a story, it must have reached him through some very strong Certain credibility. So he told story. He's written it in his book. That there was once a person who was Hafiz of Quran. Hafiz of Quran. And Qari of Quran. And mashallah. Good believer, practicing believer. And once he looked at Ghair Mahram. With attraction and desire. He lost the feelings of his Salah. And he lost the hips of his Qur'an. Allah Akbar. See? Now why? Because it's not going to happen all the time. It doesn't happen. I'm sure there are many Hufas who will prove to me that it hasn't happened to them. Yes. Remember I told you the higher they are, the harder they fall. He was Hafiz and Qari and feeling in the Salah. He was higher. He did not just memorize the words. He was feeling it. Allah Akbar. Can you imagine like that? Person who knows the words and understands the meanings and feels the feelings. He was higher level. So he made one slip. Hmm? One slip. Finished. Finished. Feelings gone. Meanings gone. Wordings gone. All three gone. Allahu Akbar Kaveda. Ajeeb. I was so stunned when it was him who, when Joseph told this story. Hmm? Means it must have happened. <laughs> he, person must have come to him and told him this happened to him. This is the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? Now if it hasn't happened to me or you, it's because Allah ta'ala is al-halim. Al-halim. Kana aliman halima. Means Allah Ta'ala knows. He's Alim. First Alim means Allah Ta'ala knows everything. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala knows every sin that we do, every sin we wish we could do. 
Allah Ta'ala knows every sin we tried to do and every sin we did do. Allah Ta'ala knows which sins we truly feel sad about and which sins we still sometimes think about. Allah Ta'ala knows which sins that we have actually erased all memory and desire for that and which sins that sometimes we still have some memory and desire for it. Allah Ta'ala knows. He's Aleem. But just like Allah does Aleem, all-knowing, absolutely knowing, He's also Haleem. Haleem means that Allah Ta'ala withholds His punishment. He doesn't punish us instantly. He waits. He's soft and gentle with us. He waits and He can sometimes, for some people, He waits their whole life. He gives them their whole life that maybe before they die, they will make true tawbah. Like there's some things like that in our deen. Zakah, you have your whole life to pay it. It's much better to pay it every year. And you should try to pay it. But technically speaking, as long as you pay your zakat before you die, you will be fine on the day of judgment. So Allah Ta'ala waits. He waits. Now he didn't wait with that person that Ibn Jozir Amtai wrote about. But he's been Halim with us. So that means that those of us who are actually less, Allah Ta'ala is being more soft, more gentle, more accommodating with us. Hmm? So this gives us hope in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. This gives us hope in the power of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to change us. So the first thing about fixing your dunya was to stop all sins. Second thing to fix in your dunya is that you must stay away from ghafla. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَلَا تُكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Ghafla means that wasting time, idle time, futile time. You're not necessarily doing something haram. may not be a sin, but it's a pure waste of time. That's called ghafla. Pure waste of time. Because if you let yourself indulge, in those wasteful activities, again, you are on that road to sin and despair. Wasteful activity means sleeping more than you need to, talking more than you need to, eating more than you need to. Wasteful activity in this con- contemporary time is often done in front of a screen. Too much screen time. And this is not just something that affects the youth. Increasingly, men in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s are spending too much time on the screen. Whether it's the phone, the laptop, the iPad, whatever it is, addicted to the screen. Then they get so addicted to the screen that they can't even spend time with their own children. So strange. Can you imagine? Now again, what's the, it's a perfect, it's the same now what's happening, how to explain to you. You have now become a personality. That what's here is one thing, what's here is something else. So if you ask that person's mind, he will say, yes, it's Sunday, I love my children. I love to be with my children. I'm so happy I'm not working today. Mind says, spend time with children. And he's honest. But heart can't do it. Heart is stuck on screen. It's the type of person he's become. Mind says one thing, heart says something else. Heart is glued on screen. Oh, now, let's take 
Obviously, you know there are many sins on the screen, eh? but I was talking to you about a second category of thing called ghafla. So, perfect example for ghafla. And the sign of this is if you're even slightly, slightly upset about what I'm about to say. If you feel a slight prick, hmm? yes, it means you're addicted to this. It means it is ghafla for you. And that's called sports. Sports, yes. Manchester United. Huh? Allah Akbar. Huh? Yes, Ummah United. And mashallah, instead of being hooked on Ummah United, they're hooked on Manchester United. You know, from the beginning, for a few years, when people used to tell me, Man U, I thought it was the university. Because in, in America, sometimes we abbreviate, like you call it uni, we just say you. Right? NYU means New York University, right? The menu, menu, from long time I thought this was Manchester University. Allah Akbar, it's not Manchester University. Huh? It's something else? It's something else? Now, what happens is then you miss out on your family time? Now, I'm not even getting to that discussion here right now, whether it is haram or is it makru or is it halal, Right? I'm teaching you something else here. It's ghafla. وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Allah Ta'ala says another verse in Quran, وَهُمَّنَ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِذُونَ Lagh. Lagh means futile, pointless, baseless activity. Doing something that is completely halal and jayiz, absolutely permissible, but has absolutely no connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's called lagh. That's also definition. Absolutely 100% permissible, but at the same time, absolutely 100% unrelated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unrelated to your mission on earth. Unrelated to your identity as abd. That's called ghafna. And again, I give you the example that your mind knows. How can I spend all my Sunday on the screen? I haven't even talked to my children yet. I haven't talked to them about their homework. I don't know how they're doing at school. I haven't talked to them about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How much can the maktab do, really? Hmm? Can the maktab make a child into a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if that father week after week never even talks to his son about Allah, never even says Allah ta'ala's blessed name once in conversation with his son, how much can that maktab do for your child? You tell me. Hmm? But no, he can't do it. Now if you ask his mind, it's the same problem. Mind 100% says, yes, I should be talking to my children about Allah Ta'ala. Yes, I should share with my children stories of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Yes, I want to talk to them about how they're doing at school. But what happened? Heart is stuck on the screen. Hmm? It's horrific. <laughs> You'd rather watch 10, 11, 12, however many they are, or 22 of them, strangers kicking a ball around, than talk to your own son and daughter. This will catch up with you. <laughs> yes, every single and, and the believers, Allah Ta'ala has holds the believers to a higher standard. Everything the believers do catches up with them. Everything they do. So caught in ghafla. So stuck.
It may be shopping for somebody. It may be sports. It may be fashion. There's so many ways of being ghafil. It may be cars. Hmm? Now see, let me get a perfect way for you to understand. You are supposed to drive one car. Okay? Maybe you have you, wife, etc., two cars. Drive one or two cars as opposed to knowing all of the features and models in 20 or 30 cars. That's ghaflat. That's ghaflat. If I ask you, what did your child do this week in science class? You will have no idea. If I say, what did you do this whole month in science class? You will have no idea. If I ask you about a car that you don't have, you've never owned it and you've never driven it, but I ask you, how many miles does it come in? You can give me a whole lecture on how many miles it comes in and what its insurance will be and is it good to buy or not. Hmm? You know the stats of the athletes and you don't know the stats of your own children. Hmm? It's a problem. So then what do the children do? They also follow along. (laughs) Then your child will become uninterested in you. Yes, this is also the word ghafil is used. You need ghafil an, to be ghafil from a person. means you become uninterested in them, they'll become uninterested in you. They'll also just get hooked on the screen. They'll just follow you. <laughs> it's not two zombies looking at the screen. Can you imagine those 11 players on the field? They would never imagine that right now a person is watching me who actually has kalima in their heart and they're watching me kick a ball around. <laughs> they actually believe in Allah's bond. And for them, let's say it's an atheist soccer player. Not all of them are atheists, but let's say it's an atheist soccer player. He would never imagine that there's somebody out there who believes in God, but instead they're watching me. There's somebody there who believes in a prophet, instead he's watching me. Hmm? He would also be stunned. <laughs> he would say, no, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of talking to his son about the God and Prophet that he believes in, he talks to strangers about how I kick the ball. Oh, now you understand? <laughs> hmm? It's absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. It's going to catch up with you. It's going to catch up with you. So you have to remove the ghaflat from dunya and we have to remove the sins from dunya. Then that little deen which I accept that you're living in this country, you have to work for a living, you're busy, I can accept all of that. I will accept all of that as long as you remove the sins and ghaflat from your dunya. Then you say, okay, I can only do 20 minutes zikr, I can do this, do this, no problem. As long as you clean the dunya part of your life. And you don't clean the dunya part of your life, you may be doing this, that, the other in deen. You should be scared. <laughs> same story, same nifaq that I was talking about. Whether it's parent, children, same problem, husband, wife. Ghaflat. Ghaflat from each other. Everything else is just a story. All of it is just stories that people make up. No, she didn't do this, she didn't do that, she didn't do that. It's very simple. You became ghafil of her 
So eventually, yes, she became ghafal of you. Yes, and that's all that happened. You became uncaring and negligent towards her. She became uncaring and negligent towards you. Sooner or later it had an effect. Hmm? Now when you were uncaring and negligent towards her, everything in your mind was going smooth. The second she became uncaring and negligent towards you, you took notice. Huh? Allah Akbar. You're even ready to file for divorce. Oh, subhanAllah, mashallah. Hmm? The arrogance of the UK Muslim men community, some of them is amazing. Some of the divorce cases that have reached me in this country are just absolutely amazing. Hmm? I can't even believe. Sometimes I just... Sometimes I want to shake the guy. Huh? I can't even believe. And then he's telling me that, you know, no, but this happened. I said, yeah, but that is so what? You know, it's amazing. Amazing. Crazy things. All from ghaflat. And it all starts here. What happens is you became unhappy. You became unfulfilled. That's how you start the story. Hmm? Well, why were you unhappy? And why were you unfulfilled? Because you weren't making her happy, you weren't making her fulfilled. You were ghafil. <laughs> so it comes back to haunt you. مَنْ يَأْمَسُوا أَنْ يُدْزَبِهِ That whenever you make a sin, it will come back to haunt you. Yes. يُدْزَبِهِ They will face the consequences. As you sow, so shall you reap. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Ghaflat. And I'm again talking about people who are on deen. I'm talking about man and woman. They're both praying. They're both believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They both recite Quran al-Kareem. They both believe in Nabi al-Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ghaflat. But this ghafla is killing us. We don't realize. <laughs> it's hurting our relationships, parents and children. It's hurting our relationship, husband and wife. It's hurting our relationship, abd rabd. It's hurting all of our relationships, but we're still glued, stuck on it. All of these are problems in our heart. All of these are problems in our heart. So the way to get out of all of this is to go deeper and deeper into the teachings that our deen teaches us about our heart. You have to go deep now into that. Alhamdulillah, we know what the deen teaches us about what we should believe in our mind. We know what the deen teaches us about how we need to look and act. Now we need to learn more about what our deen teaches us about how we're supposed to feel in our heart. How we're supposed to feel in our heart. That you learn from the teachers of the heart. That you learn by making zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you learn by getting the feelings of the heart. That's called feeling of taqwa, feeling of shukr, feeling of sabr, feeling of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, feeling of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this will require time. And this will require effort. You cannot get these feelings effortlessly. You will not get these feelings with giving no time whatsoever. You must put in the time and you must put in the effort. 
If you put in the time and you put in the effort, you will get the feelings of the heart. So to do this, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu aminu, to do that second part like we told you in the beginning, that requires time, that requires effort. Now there are two options. One is okay, you try to figure it out yourself. If you try to figure it out yourself, it's possible. But it will require more time and more effort. <laughs> yes, it will require more time and more effort. And we are the people who give less time and less effort. We give less time and less effort. So you want to take a path that requires more time and more effort, it's not going to work for you. There's a second option. That those who have already figured this out and have given us guidance and instructions how to get these feelings in our heart, you simply follow that guidance and those instructions, then with less time and less effort, you will get more results. That's it. This is the real answer to the question that people ask, that why do I need a sheikh? Why do I need to make zikr? Why do I need to listen to bayan, to lectures like this? Because through these type of talks, and by practicing the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will get more feelings in less time and less effort. Is it further? No. But the other option is that you do it on your own, and you will, it will require more time and more effort. Is that simple? That's simple. Everything I told to you, you could try to, you could have researched this yourself. But it would have taken you more than an hour to do so. Yes? <laughs> yeah? And that's simple. Everything I told you is from Dean. But it would have taken you more time. More time. We got it from our Mashaikh in less time. It's our duty now to give it to you in less time. That's all it is. If you were to try to figure out tafsir on your own, it would take you more time. If you go to the ulama and books of tafsir, it will take you less time. It's your choice. You try to figure out a system of doing dawah on your own, it will take you more time and more effort. You follow a system that some great ulama made for dawah and less time, less effort, you will get more results. It's true for everything in our deen. You try to come up with a random way, your own way of teaching your children how to read and recite Quran, it's doable. But it will require more time and more effort. You go to the ulama called Qari, Mujawid, ulama of Kirat and Tajweed. They will give you guidance and instructions. You follow that with less time, less effort, you will get more results. That's simple. So now all you have to be is be honest with yourself. Which of the following types of people are you? Are you the people who give less time and less effort? Or are you the one who's going to give more time and more effort? <laughs> and that's simple. So those who are going to give more time and more effort, then we will not strongly suggest to them that they need shaykh. But that person who wants to, is less time and less effort. And on top of that, less time and less effort, and they want more results. We say strongly suggest to that person, you need shaykh. That's simple. <laughs> Yes, alhamdulillah. It's true. With less time and less effort, you get more results. Because it's a guided process. Yes, if you're so lazy that you don't follow the guidance 
and you don't follow the instructions, well then, that's zero time and zero effort that will get you zero results. Yeah? Hmm? It's all our choice. It's all up to us. So Allah Ta'ala put the agency with us. Manzakaha. Successful will be that person who does tazkiya. In another place Allah Ta'ala said, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهِ يُزَكِّي مَنْ Actually Allah Ta'ala does tazkiya of who He wants. So how do you combine these two verses? First, we have to put our time and effort in our tazkiya. That will attract Allah Ta'ala's mercy which actually really does our tazkiyah. And that's true in everything in life. Everything in being. First you have to take the first step. Then Allah Ta'ala will take it all the way even after that. It's Allah Ta'ala's will and wish. If He sends His infinite mercy entirely on a person, then a person takes one step, Allah Ta'ala can take them all the way. Some people, they will take one step, Allah Ta'ala will take them ten steps and then check them again. They may go on like that for the rest of their life. This is up to Allah SWT. But you have to initiate. You have to initiate this process. And that's why our Mishayikh, they used to initiate people. That's why they call this in English, initiation. Actually it means they would initiate the process with the person. They would jumpstart the person. They would help the person. They would... You understand? Jumpstart. Hmm? You take the cables and you plug it into an engine that works. And on the other end, you connect it to the engine that doesn't work. Yes? <laughs> they call it mechanics. We call it tawajjuh. Yeah? Ah. Yes? Hmm? That's simple. Now that requires less time and less effort. And if you say, no, I'm not going to, my engine is dead, but I'm not going to connect the jumper cables with another engine that works. Okay? More time and more effort. <laughs> you go, you push your car and you go to the workshop and I don't know what you have to do. More time and more effort. <laughs> That's it. So this was our purpose tonight. Was first, we wanted to understand what our real situation is. That we are desperately in need. That what we believe in our mind must become the real feeling of our heart. We need to follow this verse of Quran. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu aminu billahi wa rasulih. We need to get the real feelings in our heart. And we need to stay away from the sin in dunya. We need to stay away from ghafla in dunya. And then inshallah all of our efforts we make in deen will have a real lasting effect on us. And we need to improve our relationships. Our relationships with anyone and everyone who Allah Ta'ala has put in our life. That's how you have to view it. That Allah Ta'ala has put in my life. Yes? Hmm? Husband and wife, Allah Ta'ala put each other in their life. So they get sukoon from each other. What does it mean, sukoon? Allah, you send sukoon. <laughs> say, Allah Ta'ala sends sukoon. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Anzala, He sends on them sakina. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala is saying, yes, but this is such a relationship, litaskunu ilayha, that you will get sukoon from her. Oh, what, what? 
So this is sukoon ala sukoon, nur and ala nur. When a person is abd and second, they're piously married. And if you try to get sukoon from some other place, hmm, you will just, means if you try to get peace and tranquility from another place, you will just get uh, torture and terror in your heart. Yes. <laughs> torture and terror in your heart. Your heart will be tortured through all types of twisted emotions. And it will be a terrifying situation. And you will lose Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, you must understand this also. That until we fix ourselves, we are in danger of losing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The greatest loss. Even if we have partial loss, it's a great loss. Even if you lose one moment of zikr in your life, it's a tremendous loss. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that the people of Jannah, Ahle Jannah, means the people whom Allah Ta'ala through His mercy admits them into Jannah. And they are now inside Jannah. They're living in Jannah. It's all finished. Day of Judgment, everything's finished. They're in Jannah, in Akhirah, forever, for eternity. Sayyidina Rasulullah said about them that they will never be sad about anything except one thing in their life. They will have hasra, they will have sadness, longing, yearning, regret. Ya Allah, what can they have regret? They're in Jannah forever. They will have one regret. And that was that moment in their life which they didn't have the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. They will regret it. So what does it mean if they're in Jannah? means Akhirah. means they will regret it forever. They will regret one second in which they didn't remember Allah Ta'ala. They will regret that one second in dunya. They will regret it forever for all eternity in Akhirah. So it doesn't mean they lost the zikr of Allah Ta'ala for one second. They will regret it forever. So then if me and you, how much have we already lost? <coughs> Look at your own life, your own history, your own past. As individuals, how much have you already lost? How much is there already to regret? How much is there to make up for? And none of us knows, Allah Ta'ala knows how much time any one of us has left. So it's never too early and it's never too late. Yes? It's never too early and it's never too late. You must begin this path, you must begin this process of purifying our heart and filling our heart with the feelings and zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala May Allah Ta'ala accept each and every one of us for this. May He protect our heart from every unlawful, fake, false thing in the dunya. May He fill our heart with all of the true feelings. Wa akhirul da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.